This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, bitches. Welcome to Resting Bitch Face. I'm so fucking excited for this episode. I have my beautiful podcast, I almost said guesty. My, <laughs> my beautiful podcast bestie guest, my guestie, Justine. Bestie works. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I think I just coined something. That's that's new. Uh, Justine from the Shore Stores here. Hi, Justine. Hi. Hi. We are going to talk about the new Netflix, Netflix documentary, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It is about Hunter Moore. And the rise and downfall of the website is anyoneup.com. So, Justine, I know you're like kind of like a scene kid, right? Were you like a scene kid in the early oh, 2000s yeah. oh, or like yeah. 2009, everything? Okay. I'm actually shocked that you had never heard of this website before, before I brought it up to you recently. So, I'm Close not sure if it was just like it wasn't that big and. Some okay, some of the things in the documentary that they were saying, how there was a lot of bands and stuff. Like, is this where uh, Pete Wenz's nudes were? Oh, I don't know. Because at one point they showed Sonny Moore, aka Skrillex, and I remember those pictures too. His, his nudes were on there. His oh, face shit. was blurred out, but you could a hundred percent tell it was him. Like I remember oh, when I didn't that even happened. Realize that. So I'm wondering if I did remember the website and it just didn't click. Um, but I definitely right. remember all of these pictures coming out and I remember the dirty um but yeah yeah I you know I guess I'm a total garbage person because I loved the dirty and I loved is anyone up everyone did um yeah I mean we all want to say that we're like reform like we're better people now but watching this documentary brought back so many vivid memories and crazy like just I can't believe something like this existed and to think it existed just like 10 years ago is so crazy to think about. But um, if anyone thought the dirty.com and Nick Ritchie were awful, um, is anyone up was the dirty on steroids. I mean, it was so much worse than anything you would ever see on the dirty. Um, so basically, this young guy, he's like in his early 20s. His name is Hunter Moore. He... He's just kind of fucking around. He wasn't and... in his early 20s. I think they said he was like 26, 27 when he was. Doing oh, my this God. Shit. Really? Yeah. OK. Which makes it even worse. I didn't realize <laughs> he was like in his mid. I thought he was a little bit younger than that. But yeah, he was old, a little bit older than me, I think. So, yeah. To us, we thought that like early 20s was like full blown adult when we were. I know so mature and grown up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he is basically you know, just fucking around and sharing nudes with his friends. And he decides to start a website so that they can just share nudes with each other. I don't know why a group chat or something couldn't work for that. But he ends up, you know, starting this website is anyoneup.com. And it kind of went insane. I don't know how it got shared or how people other people found it. Um, but that's how it started. During the intro, when they're just talking about Hunter in general, I immediately recognized his girlfriend, Kira Hughes. 
he used to post about her all over Twitter, on his Instagram. Everybody knew who Kira was when he was at his height. So I, I'm actually surprised it took them this long to make this documentary. I thought this would have been made forever ago when a lot of the legal action was going on. But first impression of the documentary is it is incredibly well made. Very fun to watch. Exciting. What did you think about it just first off? Yeah, I didn't expect them to go into like scene culture and everything like that made me really happy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, everything went by super Nostalgic. fast. Yeah, I don't I don't like every single documentary I see, especially Netflix documentaries. They're so overdone, but this went by super fast. Loved it. Um, they had they had all points of view, kind of. They had male and yeah. female victims, which was interesting. And yeah, it's just a reminiscing of how awful the internet was when we first started out. Like MySpace days, live journal days. Um, I was saying to you before we started recording that the kids today, this like TikTok Gen Z kids, they would not be able to handle the internet. No, this was like the wild, wild west. I mean, the internet was, it had been around for about 10 years or so, but there wasn't revenge porn laws there was nothing like that in existence because it was so new they're showing in the documentary that you know kids came they had the sidekick I never had a sidekick did you no we didn't have no. them in Canada I had a friend who had one that he like bought on the internet and got shipped here and that was like a huge deal but you couldn't just go to like a phone provider and get one here, I don't think. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Because I guess the um, the sidekick was T-Mobile exclusive. You had to have T-Mobile in order to have a sidekick. So okay, if you guys didn't you have T-Mobile, that's probably why. I totally forgot about that. I never had a sidekick because I didn't have T-Mobile. and um, But I always wanted one. They were so cool. You press a little button and it like flips up. And it had a camera with probably a 0 0.05 megapixel camera. It probably looked like, you know, again, taking pictures with a potato was probably the clarity. Um, but it was new and it was exciting and it could access social media platforms and you could email nudes or you could text nudes to each other. So that was the birth of nudes. And it was just crazy to see one of the guys in the documentary, he says, what do you do with a phone with a camera? You send pictures of your dick to people on social media. And this was a guy from a band. I didn't recognize anything about the band. Did you? No. No. Okay. Some, Just like, like every other band. screamo band in the early 2000s. Yeah. They're all yep. the same. Well, Hunter Moore said that he realized that he, he was like, yo, I can make money off titties and fucking people over. And that is a great way to explain who he was as a person at this time. Joe this Francis wannabe. Who... <laughs> I think he's worse than Joe Francis. Oh, like, he's much Joe... worse than Joe Francis. Oh, because like Joe Francis was, he just wanted to make money. He's like, let's just make money. And these girls are wild and they want to party and I we can make money. Hunter Moore enjoyed like ruining people's lives. He wanted the fame. He wanted the attention. He didn't care how he got it. And he loved the fact that he had the power to destroy people. Very sinister, actually, but on another level. I've never seen anything like it before in pop culture. One thing I was saying that was probably the most messed up part it's not their nudes being posted. It's the fact that he had links to their MySpace page and where you can yeah, find them and, and become Facebook. in contact with them. That's 
so wrong on a whole other level uh-huh. that he goes would post, way past the nudes. He would post phone numbers. He would post where people worked. I mean, crazy. Very scary. And he he started to amass this following that just worshipped him. And I loved the site. I checked. It was kind of like when you would check the dirty 10 times a day. That's how I was on any is anyone up checking it all the time. You like kind of hope that you would see someone that you knew or something. It's just, you know, it's it's gross looking back on it. I'm not proud of it, but I loved it. And um, it was really crazy to be able to see someone naked and then like see and then go to their Facebook profile and see their life, where they worked, what they did, you know, who their friends were. It was really sick and twisted, but it was also really interesting. And nobody had ever done anything like that before, because who would do something like that? Who would do that? It's awful. It was absolutely the birth of revenge porn. This is like ground zero for revenge porn. Um, A lot of the documentary is focusing on a on a woman named Kayla Laws. She had some topless photos that were uploaded to the website. And she said that, you know, a lot of people, when they say stuff like that, I never really believed it. But as you watch the documentary, you start to go, okay, I really think this is what happened. But, you know, she said she took the photos privately. She didn't send them to anyone. She ran out of room, ran out of space on her phone, and she sent it to herself through email. And about a week before her photos were posted, she had been locked out of her email address. She was hacked and someone had changed her email password. But she didn't really think anything of it. I I mean, who would ever, especially in like 2011, think anything of this? When I first saw that part of the documentary as well, I was like, there's no way she's lying about that. That's exactly. Yeah. And I remember when things started to be revealed that there was hacking going on back when it was happening. And I remember thinking it was like totally bullshit. You sent this to a boyfriend. You don't want your mom to know or your family to know that you took these photos and sent them out. Um, the, the thing is that when it comes to photos and nudes, you do have to be very careful because once you send them, you no longer own them. Whoever has received those photos they now own that photo and can do anything they want to with them. So that was always something I knew and that you had to be very careful about. So like I, if I have topless photos and I send them to you, Justine, you can put those photos wherever you want to. And there's nothing I can do about them because you own them now because I gave them to you. I don't know if that's still how the law is, but it was at one point. Um, And it's probably, Things have probably changed since all this went down. But so she said that she had been hacked. So she tells her mother they send a removal request email to Hunter via the website. He responded asking for proof that the account had been hacked. She says uh, the mother says that they sent it and he never responded. I don't know how you would prove that your account was hacked other than just a screenshot of your password not working. I'm not sure what what proof they sent, but they never heard back from him again. Um, there's this guy named Brian. He's from a scene band. I don't remember anything about the band and you didn't remember him either. So um, he said he's talking with his friends about the website at a bar. He goes to the bathroom, leaves his phone at the table. And when he gets back from the bathroom, the chick is like, hey, I submitted you to the site. What the fuck kind of friend is that? 
that person is not your friend what the hell yeah what the fuck that but, is fucking weird to be fair though at the this time we didn't realize the repercussions of having something like this on the internet mm-hmm. we we weren't as aware as we are now that like that's gonna be there forever you know Okay. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you you nothing like this had ever existed or happened before, so nobody knew what was going to happen with it. It was so it's such new territory. In this document documentary, they also have Reza Sina, who was Hunter's personal lawyer. I loved that he was in this. That is so interesting to hear from his point of view what was going on on the inside. Uh, pretty crazy. He said, you know, the communications, communications decency act says that the website owner is not responsible for the content submitted by its users. This is the same act that got Nick Ritchie out of trouble with the dirty.com. Everything on the dirty.com was submitted by the users. So he was not legally responsible. And a lot of people would sue him and he would go to court and he would win because it's just written right there that it's not his fault. So, uh, I mean, that was interesting. They said Hunter was making $13,000 a month on the website website using like with his um, ads, his ad revenue and his merch because he did. He became like this crazy like cult leader with a cult following and everyone wanted to wear his dumb merch. It's so crazy to see all of this again because I just remember, I remember seeing all of it and people literally went crazy over Hunter Moore. He was a DJ. He would go do parties and like um, DJ at clubs and stuff like that. And usually smaller scene clubs. But people would go nuts for him. The footage of crazy. him in the nightclub reminded me of the slut whisper, Kirill. I don't think he calls. I don't think he calls himself the slut whisperer anymore. Wait a minute, but, uh, is this the guy who'd like spray champagne on girls when they like? Yeah, were he's flashing. Oh my! He's God. in another Netflix documentary called American Meme. I think it's called. It's like him and Paris Hilton and the fat Jew guy is in it too. Um, but he did a nightclub appearance. I remember this in my guy. Hometown. I used to follow him too. Yeah, he did a nightclub appearance in my hometown and this girl that I knew got him banned because she like flashed her tits and he took a picture and posted it on his blog. And then like she made a big deal out of it. And then a bunch of nightclubs here like wouldn't hire him anymore to come. But um, he used to be super raunchy. And then of course, you know, <sighs> Me Too movement and all that stuff. I think he's like simmered down a little but Very, very, okay. very similar energy. Hunter Moore and him. I- we should do an episode on him because I used to follow him too. His Snapchat was wild, like just so much nudity, so much wild shit. His, Watch uh, that documentary his with him. was here. Yeah, he talks about like going to nightclubs and like just drinking every single night and like what he puts his body through to like maintain this image of like I'm a 35 year old party animal. It's crazy. Okay, you said it's called American Meme. I think that's what it's called. It's a it's a Netflix documentary for sure okay I want to watch it yeah because I used I totally forgot about that guy used to follow him on like Instagram and Snapchat wild shit yeah very similar it was a very similar type of scene when Hunter was DJing or doing an appearance at a club um 
so Kayla's mom is looking at the website. I guess she got addicted to it like us. She's looking, she's scrolling through the website. She sees that one of Kayla's friends is posted. And so she contacts her and finds out that she was also hacked. And, uh, you know, it, I would be really embarrassed if my friend's mom was like, hey, I see your nudies up on this website. Yeah, um, no shit. <laughs> I just, that's what I was thinking is how embarrassing that would have been but she the girl that she contacts is like i don't want to be a part of this like this guy is no joke he and his followers will go after you and that is how it was i was ter i hoped that i never was ever on this website and i never would have gone against hunter moore or any of his people because they were crazy just like they're telling in this documentary yeah, we see lots very of comments scary. that say some very messed up things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they The family was Hunter's cult following. They called him the father. Totally remember that. And this is how sick they were. They would do anything to get his attention. There was a video of a girl that dipped her toothbrush in the toilet where and like her pee and shit and then brushed her teeth with it. There's a video of a guy like shitting in the sunroof of a car yeah Ugh. there's a there's videos of a bunch of people like shooting fireworks from their butthole like just crazy people would do anything that he t told them to do he would message yeah. people and say do this and people actually would yeah and he was like a soup there's there is just something about him that he's like that sick guy that you date that can manipulate you into anything and you look back and you're like why did I do any of that um so I I made a friend through this website her I think she submitted herself she was like so gorgeous and still is we're still kind of friends I sent her a message earlier and was like oh my god you have to watch this and she had moved from Tennessee to Vegas she was on the website and I remember commenting like, oh, my God, so hot or, you know, like hyping her up and actually ended up becoming friends with her through the website. And she had moved to Vegas. I lived in Vegas. So we went out and I hung out with her a couple times at her apartment. And like I've been on a FaceTime with Hunter while I was at her apartment. There is something about him that is so magnetic and manipulative but you don't even realize it this is definitely someone who could have their wow. own cult wow julie you always say that you could easily be persuaded into a cult and now that's what I i'm understand saying because i don't see that at all but that's the same shit that people would say about like charles manson and yes. stuff like that you know yeah i i know he absolutely could have and he basically did have his own cult and for a long time had these crazy followers and I think that it's just the confidence and the cockiness and the bad boy. And like, I think it's all that kind of stuff that is interesting because most people don't have that. Like most people want to be a good person. Most people want to do the right thing. Hunter Moore did not give a fuck. He wanted to be the, the enemy and he was good at it. So anyways, um, Definitely just crazy to see all of this. You know, here in comes Butthole Girl. Butthole Girl was a 19-year-old 
who wanted his attention. She wanted to get out of her mom's house. She had two kids. She starts camming and then she's like, this website is huge. Everyone is talking about it. If I submit my pictures, maybe I can drive traffic to my campsite, become some kind of an internet celebrity and make a lot more money so I can take care of myself and my kids. Uh, things did not work out quite that way. What, when you first heard the term butthole girl and she introduces herself as such, what was your thought on that? Were you confused? Um, very confused. I thought it was just <laughs> going to be a picture of like she took pictures of like her ass because what was his thing? He had a hashtag before hashtags were a thing. What was it like? Yeah. No. His hashtag was um, N-B-H-N-C. No butthole, no care. And he would use that on Twitter was really, I think, the only place that people were using hashtags at this point. Twitter was huge at this point. And he basically said, like, girls would send him all these pictures of, of their tits and stuff. And he's like, well, show me your butthole. Where's your butthole? Like, no butthole, no care. And so that became a big thing. People got it tattooed on them. I mean, crazy. Imagine being the moron that gets that tattooed on yourself. And, oh, my like, God. Looking back on this. Like, on the Jesus. inside of your lip, NBHNC. Well, at least that one's hidden. But if you get it somewhere else. Those ones else, go and away, then... too. They only. Oh, do they? They oh, last, yeah, like, less saliva. than a year. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. But yeah, imagine getting it somewhere where it's visible and then you have to explain to people what it means. Yeah. 15, 12 years later. Yeah. This girl, yeah. though, butthole girl. Okay. Should we just say what happens with her before we get yeah, into let's just our talk, views? Yeah. Okay. She, she, they interview her a lot. First of all, I was shocked that she even, like, uh, that she even agreed to be on this documentary because. I know she's a victim, but I just felt like you are so dumb. Not only dumb, very, very damaged. Someone who definitely needs a lot of therapy. But this, this girl has no shame. Even the still things to this that day. she did made no sense. I would not be surprised if this girl was still camming to this day. And that's why she did oh, this yeah. so that she would get an OnlyFans. Do you think she has an OnlyFans and she goes by Butthole Girl on OnlyFans? I wouldn't be oh, surprised. God. Yeah, I know that's like her claim to fame. Okay, you ever Maybe see somebody in in like a movie or something and they look exactly like and have the same mannerisms as somebody that you know in real life? Oh, does she? That's is she who like she you is, know? and this fucking bitch that I hate. So the whole time <laughs> I was watching this, I was like, I cannot get behind her. I do not feel sorry for her because she just reminded me so much of this girl that I cannot stand. Exact I... same face, exact same like crooked teeth, like every little thing about them. And you're sure that it's not the same person? Uh, it's not the same person. Okay. But okay. Just making sure. But this girl that I know could play this girl in a movie and she wouldn't be acting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a hard time feeling sorry for her too. So the just the things that she does make no sense. So, you know, she she submits her photos. Then she's on her campsite and someone convinces her to put a bottle of mousse, like for your hair, into her butt. They take a screenshot, submit it to the site, and there's a screenshot of her Facebook page. It shows her kids on the cover photo. First of all, people, stop putting your kids on social media. 
The only pictures of I that I have of my kid on social media are from when she was like 18 months old. And it's, I don't have anyone that I do not know on Facebook. But even back then, I decided I'm not going to put pictures of my child online because any weirdo could get access to that. And it's always so upsetting to me when I see people uploading pictures of their kids. So in her cover photo, you can see her two kids sitting on a couch together or something. That's what she was most upset about. So she contacts Hunter, please take the Facebook page with my kids down. And she decides that we should also mention that she doesn't even have custody over her kids and that she has, what is it, two baby daddies and they each have custody over the kids. She made it sound like she lost custody because of the site. That's what I gathered from this episode. Oh, really? Okay. I thought that she had like a drinking problem or something already. I think that starts to basically snowball. So she asked him to take off that photo that shows the cover photo with the kids. And she figures that maybe she could convince him to do so by sending pictures of her putting more stuff in her butthole. So Hunter posts on the site asking for suggestions. And then he tells her to put a cell phone in there so that when he calls her, it'll vibrate. That made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> I know. And I remember I remember this girl. I remember these posts. I remember all of this and what a big joke it was. And th- there are parts of this documentary that feel like a mockumentary, like they feel like a joke like this. It's so ridiculous. It feels not real. And so, you know, she's she's doing all this crazy stuff. And then they flash back to Kayla's mom. So Kayla's mom goes to the department, the police department to report this. The female dis- detective victim shames. Why would you send these photos if you didn't want them to be on the Internet? And just a this quick little This is how a lot note, of people used to feel. Just a quick little note going back. They were showing how much views in the world has like changed since then they were showing like Mm -hmm. late night talk shows talking about nudes getting leaked and stuff and a lot of even the women back then just like this detective were saying that like the one girl sitting at the table in that talk show was like you know I don't feel bad for anybody because if I were to do that I would just blame myself like that's your own fault Mm -hmm. it's so crazy how much the world has changed anyways yeah that was the that was the um consensus like a lot i i don't remember anyone taking people's side the women the victim side on this no um especially on tv it was very much victim blaming this would never happen in 2022 that's how you can see how much things have changed in 10 years it's pretty impressive um so yeah they're talking about it on tv and everything okay so here going back to butthole girl god it's i don't even know her real name um she, this is where she said that her baby daddy sees her on the website and tells her she is not a fit mother because she's doing she's doing porn. And I understood from that portion that that's why she lost custody of her kids, which doesn't quite make sense to me because why would you lose custody of your kids just because you're doing porn? There's been a lot of porn stars over decades. That doesn't make you an unfit parent. I don't know. I don't think any judge would take away somebody's child just because they're doing sex work, even 
in this whatever year that this happened I think that it, it was either like drugs or drinking as well yeah because she says she starts to drink a lot see maybe this is a little bit of manipulation on her part because I was thinking that the, that it went posted on is anyone up baby daddy sees you're not fit to be a parent lose custody of your kids start drinking and doing dumb shit but maybe that's not quite how it happened. Maybe she didn't See, even have custody of them to begin with. Yeah, I took it as she started doing camming and porn because she wanted to get custody of her kids because she said she wanted to like save money to get her own apartment or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she had already not had custody of her kids before that. Okay. It doesn't matter. She didn't have custody of her kids. She did cam and she got drunk yeah exactly so he hunter skypes her and he tells her that he'll help her set up a website to get her porn out there to make more money and get her kids back she believes him for some reason he convinces her on video to put her fist in her ass on skype and he was screen recording the video so she says she either didn't know that he was screen recording or she was so drunk or messed up that she didn't care and she did it anyways. And we see the so, entire video in the documentary, by the way, except for, except of course, for the, the butthole fist. part. But, uh, I know. Yeah. It was fucked very up. Julie kind of wants to look it up. I don't know. And I kind of morbid did curiosity. Too, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, morbid I've curiosity. seen I've seen buttholes get fisted before on porn websites for sure. But how do you do your own? I don't know. She's pretty tiny, so she probably could. Re- I don't know. You I, could not pay me to do that. Uh, That's so fucking disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically what we think he did or what they think what they say in the documentary is that he like sold this video and it wasn't even on his site. It was on some other website. Revenge Porn King Fools Fangirl. He probably sold it. It had over a million views. She stopped looking at that point. So he made it probably made a shit ton of money. She never saw a cent of it. Of course not. Um, the, Kayla's mom contacts the FBI since the local police weren't helping her. And she knew that hacking was illegal, even though sharing the photos or anything or submitting the photos is not hacking an email is illegal. The FBI takes down the info, says that three agents will come to her house later in the month. Okay. Kayla's mom reveals 42 minutes into this documentary that her husband, Charles, is a fucking attorney. What? Thank you. I was mind blown by that, too. I was like, eh. Like, bitch, you buried the lead. What? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they didn't tell him about this because the d- stepdaughter was embarrassed. So what? Which, by like, the way, can I just right say, in your kudos, house. kudos to the mom, though, for keeping that secret, because my mom tells my stepdad fucking everything, whether I want oh, him no, to know I or not. Oh, no, I would have told Ryan immediately, and we would have had attorneys on it in five seconds. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. They, you definitely, you can keep secrets for your children, but when it's not to the benefit of them, don't keep the secret. So, I mean, and Charles, like the old asshole he is. He's just old. He doesn't know how the interwebs work. So he just tells them like the same old advice you would tell a kid who's getting bullied on the playground, which is the opposite of the advice I told my kid. But most people say just ignore it and it'll go away. I told my kid if they hit you, hit them harder. Um, So that's a little bit different. But 
Charles, he's like, ignore it and it'll go away. He's old. He doesn't know how it works. Kayla's mom starts contacting other people to get more info about being hacked. She's trying to get everyone together so that she has a really strong case against Hunter. And then there's another girl that they're interviewing. Her name is Kara. She attempts suicide after her pics are posted. And, She's and from this Buffalo. really. Oh, I didn't even realize that. She has like a super okay. thick Western New York accent. I felt like her interview, even though they didn't talk to her a ton, I feel like it really showed the hopelessness that people felt 10 years ago when something like this would happen. It really could feel like your entire life was over. It's going to be completely ruined. Now, 10 years later, you've got people showing their butthole on OnlyFans all day long with no shame. And there is no shame in it. Like, there's no shame. I... I commend people that do that kind of stuff because, like, good for you. There's there's so much shit that's out there for free and there's so much shit that people are doing for free. Why should you not put yourself in a better financial situation with your own body and your own sexuality? Like, good for you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Why not? But 10 years ago, when you found yourself on this website, she was so upset. She felt that her life would be so ruined that she was hopeless and that that was the only thing she could think of. And she said she doesn't think she would have ever attempted suicide if it wasn't for her photos being on this website. Um, and I believe her. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just devastating. And to just to think that 10 years later, it was never, it would never be this way. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. So this is wh- where things get real scary. Charles comes home. There's a fax intended for his wife, Charlotte, which is Kayla's mom. And it says, hey, ugly bitch, get off Hunter's dick. If you don't, we will rape you and put a shotgun down your throat. This is the example of how sick and twisted some of these members of, quote, the family were. Very scary and awful that anyone would ever say anything like that. So Charles finally decides to get off his ass and make a phone call and uh, take care it's of like, this. It's like, oh, now you want to get involved, you know? I know. And I, I literally was thinking, like, Charles is like... An actual the, lawyer wants to get involved. Yeah, he's at an, a real lo- an actual life lawyer, lawyer, an actual attorney. Um, But Charles reminded me of Grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like, okay, oh, you just want to lay in bed for 20 years in a bed with four people in it and you're, you know, you, you're immobile. But the second that golden ticket comes in, you're up clicking your heels together and doing a dance. Like, fuck you, Charles. Now you want to get involved. Yeah. So he finally gets off his ass and makes a phone call. He calls Hunter's attorney. He's like, look, copyright law is clear. The picture was stolen. You need to remove it. You've got 30 second, or 30 minutes and I will go after you. This will cost Hunter thousands and thousands of dollars in legal fees. But my client is my stepdaughter and she has me at her disposal. So, you know, you got 30 minutes. And so Hunter's learn- lawyer is like, you know, ultimatums don't work well on Hunter, but I'll call him and see what I can do. Hunter's attorney is sick of his shit. He's like, I'm done with this bullshit. He... Tells Hunter to remove the picture and then he resigns as his attorney, which is what I understood. He it sounded like he was saying, I, I remove myself. I'm done. Yes. 
Yeah. 30 minutes later, picture's gone. Okay. Kayla's ready to move on. She's like, thank God it's done. It's off the internet. I'm out of here. But her mom is ready to go to war with Hunter. She wants to bring him and his website down. She's going to get all these victims together. You know, I have a lot of respect for Kayla's mom because getting her own daughter's photos removed was not good enough for her. She wanted to stand up for the rest of the victims and and make something happen. And she literally is the reason that revenge porn laws exist and that a lot of people are protected now from stuff like this. So I have a lot of respect for her. What did you think? Yeah, I totally agree. She even said at one point that she was because she was calling them and interviewing them about their stories. And she said, like, these women trusted me to help them. And I'm not just going to abandon them just because I had already helped my daughter. So Mm -hmm. I agree. And I have no idea what ends up happening with any of the legal stuff. So um, I'm excited to watch the rest and find out because, yeah, I. where is this guy now? Is he in jail? Is he uh, what's going on with him? You'll have to keep watching to find out. (laughs) I mean, do you really want to know or right now? No, let's watch it in full. You want me to be surprised? I do. I want you to really enjoy it. And especially I enjoy talking to you about this because you have like virgin eyes to the whole situation. So all of this is new information to you. And that is interesting for me because I watched all of it unfold. And so it's nostalgic for me, but also to see you see it and be shocked by it is really fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. So there's two more episodes. They're about like 45 minutes each, I think, 45, 50 minutes and for I'd really like next week, if you have the time, we can just kind of talk generally about the last two episodes instead of doing a full recap, uh, but just kind of like discuss everything and wrap it up. Yeah, I'm down. And um, like, I don't know anybody. I mean, I'm sure that I do know people who are on this website, um, but Probably. I know people who are on the dirty, like mm. a lot of people who are on the dirty. I do too. I loved finding people I knew on the dirty and I just always prayed that I wasn't going to be on there. <laughs> it's still up. It's still a website. Like how is oh, this? Oh, I thought they, I thought it closed down just recently. Like I looked recently. it up. Um, When did I watch this? I think Friday evening I watched this and I looked that up. Oh, you're right. right it still then. is on there. Yeah. Okay. But Nick Ritchie sold it. And so someone else owns it now. It's just not what it, I haven't looked at the dirty in forever. And I used to be on there because like 10 the times a day. Because the internet is a different place. Like, yes, people are so ruthless on the internet with their comments and stuff like that. But nothing compared to how people were in the early 2000s saying stuff like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to rape you and disgusting stuff like that. It's it's so different. Um, and I don't really think that people look at somebody and they're like, oh, this girl's a Pepsi head because we can't say Coke head on the dirty. And like, I don't think people see that and think anything of it like they did back in the day, you know? I think that earlier on with social media and internet and stuff, there was more of an, you could be more anonymous than you can now. And so I do think that people 
especially on websites like this, like you wouldn't have your own social media attached to it. You would just go on as an anonymous commenter and people would say some of the nastiest, most horrible things because they could say it with no repercussions, without anyone knowing about them, with it being anonymous. It's not really like that anymore. And I mean, it was the Wild West. The interwebs was a Wild West at this time. And I really am proud of us as a society for moving forward so much in 10 years time that a website like this would never exist today, ever. People would not stand for it. And just 10 years ago, everybody's on TV, other women blaming women for something like this happening to them. So do you think in this documentary, we're going to get to the hacking of it all because yes we are yes the hacking was a huge the hacking is what took it all down because like I said the submission was not illegal and I don't I still don't think that submission is illegal actually I think with revenge porn laws it it is they've changed I I'm excited to also see how the laws have changed and everything but um the what was illegal was the hacking and as the documentary progresses you will see that hunter had like a roommate who became a business partner of his and things will start to fall apart so i can't wait to watch the next two episodes i'm so excited oh i might watch them right now yeah because i was very much like there's no way that these girls were actually hacked and they're just going to brush past that. So that's that makes it even more exciting for me. Yeah, I really think that that's going to be a major, major focus on the next two episodes. I'm guessing that on the next episode, they will show how they discovered the hacking or how they could prove the ac- the hacking. And that the last episode, I believe, is going to be focused on legal things. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited. I love talking about this with you. I do feel like such a garbage person because I loved this website and I loved the dirty. But, you know, we all grow and learn and change. And it's not something I would be a fan of today. It was a morbid curiosity. I I would never. I would definitely look if this was still a website. I'm not going to lie. But I would even like the dirty. I've never commented. I've never done Mm -hmm. anything like that. I've just. No, no, no. Yeah. My friends and I would look at it. Oh, my God. Look who's on the dirty. Yeah. The dirty still had some like nudes and messed up pictures on there. I've seen some stuff on there that I wish my eyes had never seen. Uh, but didn't Nick Ritchie always cover like nipples and stuff? Like, I don't know if he ever actually posted f- raw nudes. It's a good question. I uh, think he always had like an emoji or something covering. Okay. Or blurred. Yeah. Whew. That's a good one. It was a great doc. It really drew me in. It was a great, it's a really well done documentary. So I highly recommend this to you guys. It's called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. This was just covering episode one. We have two more. We'll do a general talk about next week. A boot. We'll do a talk about. Um, haha. I love I don't, my Canadian I don't say friends. that. <laughs> you don't say a boot. No. 
Mm-mm. No one does. Um, I don't really think that's a thing. There's so many other Canadian things. Then I have heard it like on TikTok and stuff with uh, like certain or um some of the podcasts that I listen to. It's actually interesting. A lot of the horror movie podcasts that I listen to have Canadian hosts, and they have said a boot before. So <laughs> interesting. I don't know. And then I hear little things that you say every once in a while, and I love it. It just makes me <laughs> smile. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, but you know what, you guys, soon we are going to have a really fun update for you. Justine and I are working on a project. We will update you later on. Uh, we haven't done anything with it other than talk about how excited we are. So we'll see soon. Yeah. Anyways, um, make sure. (laughs) No, I'm not. Anyways, you guys, make sure that you follow me on Instagram at Resting Bitch Pod. Please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. I haven't had any reviews on there in a while. And if you leave a pod- positive review, I will read it on the show. It means a lot and it helps other people find the show. And then, Justine, tell them where they can find you. Everyone knows where you can find me at this point. Uh, uh, of course. The Shore Store, All Things Jersey Shore, and Friends of the Countess, Real Housewives of New York City. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.